Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joe Maniac. And today we're having a little bit of a freeform conversation about adding more accessibility to your table. Disclaimer here, none of us are claiming to be experts, but we met online, the two great guests that we have, Keith and Alex, and Chris and I decided to just have that conversation so that we can see what they did at their table, maybe change some things we do at ours, and hopefully have some great content for you. But with that, let's head to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? Looks like meat back on the menu, boys. So today for the meet, we have two very special people about a conversation I am very excited about. And it's Alex G and Keith Ringer, who are the creators of the character sheets for dyslexic people. So what had happened was I posted on Twitter um, an image related to our character sheets episode because I saw something that I absolutely loved and unfortunately couldn't track down who had made it. And then Twitter helped and I, f- I found out who did make it. And it was a character, like I said, a character sheet for dyslexic people. And it is fantastic. Twitter helped, Neil. How many times have you been able to say that in your life? <laughs> I'm holding up one finger right now. Um, but Alex and Keith, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to be here. Yeah. So we want to, what we do at the beginning of every episode, uh, the meat section is we like to get to know you all more. Um, so we have some questions and because there's two of you, you can answer this, uh, individually as well. But first, just tell us a little bit about yourselves. Tell us the essence of who Alex and Keith are. Whoever wants to go first, we'll let you make that decision. Um, Gordy, you can go first. Uh, I, I will start with that. Um, I, um, I always call Alex Gordy. It's, um, in relation to the last name, it's just, uh, so when I say Gordy, I, I mean, Alex and you can go first, Gordy. Hi, I'm Alex. I am a non-binary Twitch streamer, and I am the main designer and the reason this sheets exist in the first place. I'm Keith Ringer. I'm a part-time DM. I like to think I've I've actually uh, went through Gordy um, and uh, a lot of help from different friends. I've, I've learned a lot about being a DM, and I, I actually will come. You might want to include certain parts of the Gordy not being able to talk because I will. Uh, I like to comment at a lot of anytime we do a podcast like this. Sometimes I help trying to help Gordy talk and I swear I'm not just being rude and interrupting them I swear I'm just trying to help them get the words out it, it's yeah kind of, I it, don't word good it's kind of <laughs> I don't word good that we've, we've, <laughs> that we've worked out yeah um, yeah I'm mostly neurotypical um I, was, I I'm medicated for ADD but other than that um I, I a lot of the realization of of the things that people need were, were really new to me yeah, and I am undiagnosed, but I have lots of symptoms of ADHD and maybe autism. Who knows? But definitely dyslexia. Hopefully can get that diagnosed soon. <laughs> yeah, which is, I mean, part of the reason why the character sheets were created. I mean, that was one thing that you guys have done in the in the past. Uh, are there any other things that you both are working on during this phase, during, during this season? Uh, we always put the caveat in there that you can tell us about. Um, I would comment. So we have done in the past, um, I've done some YouTube videos, um, uh, shameless plug. Uh, um, I, 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 it's been a little while since I've uploaded, uh, cause I've been working a lot, you know, need cash these days, but, um, I have done, uh, other YouTube videos, uh, Sergeant Sarge, uh, on YouTube. 
and where Gordy and I just go over different some of the different things that we've made because uh, we've made other physical props to help Gordy with their um, understanding abilities, um, keeping track because uh, Gordy likes fighter, um, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, an archer. arcane archer, yeah. So keeping track of, well, you now have four attacks and, and with mm. all the different options for bonus actions. Um, yeah, we go over a lot of the props I need to comprehend. That way I'm not spending 20 minutes on one attack. Um, as well as um, one of my, actually one of my personal favorite uh, episodes we've done was going over uh, how to work with tabletop sim. Yeah, especially oh, cool. with, yeah, with COVID going on, we've moved over to tabletops and we had to basically rebuild everything I need within the game. Mm, which I'm sure was no small endeavor, yeah. Oh, our friend Austin is a genius coming up with how to do it. <laughs> yeah, so he um, uh, he helped us with that. And I, I would definitely, for, for anyone um, who's going, how do we, what else do you have? I would definitely recommend checking out because we've got uh, ability trackers, um, Decision trees. Decision tree is one of the better ones I think that we've ever done. It's really easy to make. It's definitely useful for people like me who need visual um, tools to comprehend things. We've talked about before, actually, too. Also, people who um, English isn't a first language, it can help a yeah. lot for because um, you have a marker on on a paper, and it can help other people recognize. Well, you didn't state you were doing X, Y, Z. Well. It, he put it there, she put it there, whatever. So, so therefore, we know that's what they were going for. Yeah, nice. We go over all this stuff on YouTube since the sheets have gotten us a lot of no, no, notoriety. No, notoriety. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. We'll, we'll be sure to include links uh, to that in the show notes because I think that would be I think that would be really cool for people to, to check out in one just to support you guys. But I'm sure some of the things that we'll talk about are things, and Neil and I talked about this a little bit off air of, things we may have never thought about in asking our players or helping our players when it comes to role-playing games. So I think it'd be a really helpful resource for people to go and check it out. So we'll for sure plug that for you in the, in the show notes. Before that, we'll, we will have a surprise question real quick because that is the joy of our interview uh, process. It, I want to say it was a catacon two or three years ago. The John Arcadian, who's done a lot of stuff in the RPG realm, asked me a question, and I will ask it of you now. I will tweak it a little bit. But if you could have a cantrip, like you could actually cast a cantrip, which one would it be? Like real world you, right here, what cantrip would you choose? I don't know enough to answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so it, it gets us actually into some, some of the funny bits because, Gordy, um, I, I'm, I tend to be more the one with a lot of the technical knowledge. I'm processing through... And I honestly think probably prestidigitation, just because it it's so multidiversal. It's got so many different uses. Mm -hmm. And like you know, it. of course, you could always go for freaking what? Um, uh, 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 wow, how am I blanking? The the warlock cantrip. Um, Eldritch uh, blast. Eldritch blast. <laughs> Jesus, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, prestidigitation is just so useful. Um, why do I need to hurt people? I'll go with that. <laughs> You can give the illusion that you're hurting people without actually yeah, hurting people. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and actually, minor, uh, one, one that I might suggest for Gordy, uh, minor illusion. You could uh, make illusions on something, make something actually make sense in your brain. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> there you like go. It. Mage hand. Done. Oh, uh, mage hand. Not bad. What, what was that? Oh, I could tap on one shoulder and it really wouldn't be me. Uh, <laughs> 
I should probably pick something else. So we, with that, thank you for asking that. And of course, as always, thank John for all the awesome work he does and giving me that question to ask you. Um, and speaking of questions, one of the things I wrote down, and I didn't change the outline from scaling monsters, I see that now, is that <laughs> the first thing is asking the right questions. And I think that's a big thing that Chris and I were talking about um, off air. But like, what was the start? kind of for your conversation of increasing that accessibility because i think that's probably the thing that is most vital to anyone listening is like what are the right things to potentially look for and just even ask um your players honestly keith knows i was struggling and it took me like a week to admit that i was struggling Mm. and we just started talking and i just blurted out everything i couldn't understand But if it's, like, your player, if you've noticed something, talk to them on the side and go, like, hey, I noticed you're struggling or something. They get so they have the opportunity, not you're going, like, hey, you're messing up. Just that way they have the ability to answer. Yeah, uh, it's in my opinion, it's it's funny because the the most important thing to starting this kind of conversation is also uh, uh, very often the hardest part of it all, and that's communication. Which, which can really be difficult for different people for a myriad of different reasons. But that's the most important thing, I think, is if you're a player who's struggling, the, the truth of the matter is really, I, it can be hard for people, but if you could just communicate that, and if your DM is a jerk who says, no, I don't care, then you probably might need to see if you can find a new group. <laughs> um, yeah. But a lot of times, at least for me, you know, it's a group of friends. They, they want you to be able to have fun, and there's a lot of ways you can look at it and just kind of talk about, okay, well, what can we do to make this so that you can more quickly grasp this? Yeah, I, I mean, that was something that Neil and I talked about even in preparation for this was like, I think what I see on a lot of like, whether it's DM Academy or behind the screen on Reddit is like time and time again, all of the conversations that people are pointing towards is like communicate when there's like conflict between player and player, right? Like in campaign, make sure that that stuff yeah. doesn't spread and like be awful for the rest of the group because you always know when there's tension between people. Like, be sure to communicate like what type of game you want to play. Do you want to play a horror? Do you want to play a space theme? This, that, and the other thing. The conversation that I've never had with my players, and if there are players that I've had that this has been a problem for that we've just never talked about, is like I've never asked the question of my players, is there anything that you struggle with that I can do to help you better engage in the game? Like would a different type of character sheet help? Would some of these other tools that you all have created helped them in some ways? Because I've just never thought to ask that question. You know, I just haven't. So I think that communication, Keith, that you're talking about is key for anything, whether it's player problems, DM to player problems, or accessibility issues that we have within our group. Because at the end of the day, like you said, we want everybody to have fun. And we don't want anybody yeah. to have to struggle with something if there's a way to try and prevent it so that we can all have as much fun as possible at the table. Yeah, and I've had the negative, the opposite experience of the first time I tried playing D&D back in high school. The DM called me the R word. So that made me not play for a decade. Yeah. So that's... That, well, I mean, I, and I think part of it hits on something that that I thought of as well is that a lot of people, and so for context, I 
I don't think I put this context either. None of us are claiming to be experts. All of us are claiming to have had experiences and wanting to share those experiences and try and make the four of us and anyone listening um, hopefully better for it. But I work at a community college in the disability department. And one of the roughest things that I see is when someone comes in and let's say they spent 18 years in school feeling like they are dumb. (laughs) And the realization is that, no, they just learn different. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the other thing is that part of this tough conversation is that some of your players might not have any idea the struggles that they're going through. Um, so it, this is, yeah, this is a hard, hard conversation to have sometimes. Um, but it's, but it's really one I think that we all as DMs should strive to have. Yeah. Um, I, with Gordy, I, and I hope you don't mind me commenting on it, Gordy, but I, uh, I, uh, Oh, go ahead. What I personally noticed at the time, because I, I did was trying to make sure everything was okay, is when Gordy's turn would would come to them, there was just this blank stare as they looked at the sheet, trying to understand something, and that was yeah. something of a of a very large red flag. And, and uh, but I would say, if you're a DM personally, I would just look at that. Look at what look for players who don't take what uh what uh our friend Austin. Uh, and I call the the screen time when you're playing to look for people who who just aren't talking. If they're not talking, then either means there's something, in my opinion, either means that they're probably not having too much fun or they're having something's not, you know, clicking in their head. So they're trying to figure stuff out and spend that time that way. And just as a DM, I think it's important to look for little cues and, you know, it doesn't have to be pulling someone aside and having a big, big, like, Hey, I need, I thought something might be just as a, a some point make a slight comment hey you you got this right it's all good or whatever if you need help let me know and even if you don't fully know how to help them i do think there are even if you can't think of something to help them it doesn't mean there's no way to do it you know because there's stuff like this podcast i think what's really interesting and i can kind of hear it a little bit so i'd be curious to dig in here one of the mottos that i had a mentor for a long time that they tried to live their life by and i try to model my life after is this motto of availability and vulnerability, like being available to people and being vulnerable with people is the way that you have close relationships with really anybody that's around you. And I think what like happens when we have these moments of like, I have to be there for somebody is one, you're saying I'm available to you if you need help. And also if that person decides to reciprocate, like there's now a vulnerability between the two of you That's Mm -hmm. like, I've given you this thing. Please be careful with that, right? Like, I I, I want your help here. And and I think those two things together, like in in terms of this conversation, I would imagine like relationships, if done correctly with those two things in terms of accessibility, like there's a different level of trust. There's a different level of friendship. There's a different level of compatibility and fun that happens at the table because we're essentially not just going on a D&D journey together. We're going on a journey through life together to help each other figure this out to the best of our ability, making ourselves better human beings by being there for other people, which I think is just beautiful in so many ways. Yeah, I will admit I was petrified to admit I was having these problems because I was 24 when I started accepting that I was different. So that was about three years ago. So I went through 24 years of thinking I was stupid <laughs> yeah which which interestingly comes down again i hope you don't mind that i mentioned it Cordy. I, I do think it, it partially comes down to uh because we've talked about it before um i am 
uh, I will say from a, a much more fortunate um, economic environment and Gordy isn't. So I had the opportunity mm-hmm. when, when I had, you know, I've had issues at school before but with my ADD um, and, and it was addressed appropriately. Um, the 401, uh, 401k, geez, um, <laughs> a 504 plan was yep. put into place, um, you know, and, and things were changed up. I got medicated. You know, I had the op- these opportunities to rather than just being told, no, you're just a dumb kid. It was addressed, whereas Gordy, I, from the sound of it, it was never addressed. It was just, no, you're just stupid. And, and they moved on. And I think yep. it, it leads to a lot of interesting conversations that a lot of people probably don't want to have. You probably don't want to have on this podcast either. But uh, about, you know, some people come from different environments and some of those environments don't accept these things. So you, and you need to keep the open mind that maybe something, you know, could. It, it makes me also think about like the better way to have this conversation. I can see times where I have chosen to, and I can only use this analogy, is like give one of my players a fish, not teach them how to fish, and also not figure out how they fish. That's definitely making that metaphor a little bit more complex because the idea that like, oh, I can teach them how to fish. No, the best I can probably do is teach you how I fish. And so I need to figure out what the how that other person interacts with it. Also, my decision tree was garbage compared to yours because I've made one <laughs> for another player before. And I was just like, why didn't I? I just made like a list. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I make a decision tree? My, my thing is garbage. So you guys have already made me better uh, because I have a player that is very focused on was a fighter. And the other thing is also thinking about the players that don't have the time to commit to this, like. Mm-hmm. they don't have the time to invest the same way and so my group plays once a month like i remember a lot of things because this is like look at this podcast and look at how much time i spend in this realm whereas someone else could have a job a family stress and then they show up as that that escape and like finding the tools to make that experience better no matter what it is like it just makes so much more sense to like have those that like that decision tree readily available so they're not investing so much like i said i would i would uh, i wish uh, you could show it it's a podcast you can't i would highly recommend checking out where you actually physically show them uh again personally actually it helped a lot and i don't ever mention i i was a u.s naval sea cadet like rtc but navy and one of the things that they taught us was was uh clear concise writing for the log books how to make sure everything you write is really, really legible. And it, I think it really helped with making the decision tree for Gordy and doing all that. Yeah, it definitely did. One thing I do like, and I didn't get to bring this up, is I have friends who have autism and I go nonverbal sometimes myself when I'm extremely stressed. So having these trees where I could put my coin or something on it that Keith can see helps me still take my turn when I just can't be vocal. Mm. It definitely helps for people who have, or like he said earlier, different languages or nonverbal things like that. Some of this stuff is so so good because the other thing I and like and so I think that the the other term that I have to use because it's from work is is what's referred to as universal design. So the idea that you're not really you you're not necessarily having to make things better or specific for one player because you can start to do things in a different way that makes it better for everyone at the table my thought is also like if i've got six people at the table i have problems remembering what in the world i was going to do for my turn the idea of having that decision tree and literally like marking it with a, a token my mini a die like literally anything is just 
so simple, so simple. But then the fact that I had never thought of it until this moment, like, because I, I could decide right after my turn, the next thing that I should do. But now I have to listen to, again, maybe a half dozen other people over the span of a half hour. And yep. then it comes back to my turn. And I just think just this pause of I, I don't remember. And the idea of just having something marking what I was already knew I was going to do is that's awesome. Yeah, well, we um actually because it's funny because, again, we, we Gordy came to me and said we have this problem. And, and you, you mentioned, you know, you don't always have time. We we did have time. And uh, Gordy spent far more than I did. I think what do you call Gordy an uh, a, a artistic director or something was more the role I played in it. I just designed it. We were fortunate enough that someone on Reddit had already made these icons and gave us permission to use the icons for my personal sheet. Like this entire sheet was made for me. We had no intention of uploading it until Keith mm. pretty much said, Gordy, do it. Well, I, yeah, well, I said, because uh, that's what I was going to comment on is, you know, which I should make uh, user luck pack on Reddit, who apparently doesn't exist anymore. I don't know what happened there, but they had uh, uh, sheets they with these icons the problem the problem was and the reason i didn't just download that and give it to gordy was because it was like four pages for one oh, character yeah. sheet because they made things really really large that's just long in general like that's just that's a lot <laughs> but we we so we made these sheets and we did we we designed them for gordy we actually didn't really design them with this idea of it can help whomever but i i looked at it and i went you know we cuz gordy put what 12 14 hours into making them uh, ten, uh, five with you, and then I couldn't sleep, so I worked another like six, seven, because I couldn't sleep. <laughs> so yeah, so twelve hours there, and I just went, why not? Like, what's the, the worst case scenario? We upload on Reddit, and no one cares, and you get to still use them. It was like dead for like four months, and then someone on Twitter did an article on, it, and then it exploded a year later, and I'm still getting notifications about it. That's crazy. Uh, it's been a year since yeah. we uploaded it. Yeah. So one of the other things that I noticed, because again, I watched I watched the the YouTube content that you guys you oh. guys had made. One of the other one that like really, it's a small thing, but it totally comes up a lot at a lot of the tables that I've been at is just color coding your dice and what's on the paper. That was yeah. in, like it was insane yeah. how straightforward and awesome that was. Like I literally was like, okay, so I, um, quick example, uh, we could say fighter again. I'm going to use something that uses a D8, and so then just color coding what my 20 is, what my D8 is, what my D10 is. Like that was awesome. Honestly, I got those dice originally because I am a queer person, so I was like, yay, pride, rainbows, and then I realized it helped me a lot because mm. I, for some reason I struggle with the difference. Where are the two that are like the same shape but different? Uh, uh, percentile dice, the D100 and the D10. Yeah. Yeah, I, I confuse those two constantly because they're the exact same shape. But now that, now that they're color-coordinated with the character sheet, it helps know right away which one is which. Yeah, That's and awesome. I can highlight it with the color highlighter. That way mm. I can do, okay, the pink one. And, and I can put down on the decision tree, roll orange rather than a D20, which I could D20 and, and highlight it, but I, it's just easier. Roll orange because Gordy's D20 is always orange. So Gordy knows what they're rolling. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see like even like a quick quick aside of the development of what dice look like and the allure of all these really fancy die that like are nigh impossible to even yeah. read at all for anybody um but then i also think about like the the set that came with third edition when it very first came out 
everything was very, very clearly different colors. Like the the D20 was this orange and then and just the idea that that feels so removed, but then how useful that was at that time coming with especially the starter set of like, well, here's the die and you can tell they're different because they're different colors. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of, of today's world is, you know, you can get whatever you want. Um, you can, uh, you know, go. that's what we did is we went online, found someone who had, hey, here's different colored dice because we didn't have any exact set plans for them. Um, and then later on, I, I got Gordy a bunch of uh, pink D6s because pink was the color for D6 and so that they could roll for, you know, their um, um, for their weapons. I can roll like eight at once. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right now I'm doing, uh, I'm playing Call of Cthulhu and, and I keep trying to think of ways to, uh, to help it with that, though no one there needs it. <laughs> <laughs> They've all sold their soul to Cthulhu already. They're doomed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would be curious. I mean, we've, we've talked about like the character sheet, obviously the one that's kind of gotten a ton of notoriety. We've alluded to the decision tree uh, sheets that you've made to, to help make decisions and coordinate yeah. dice and, and everything. What are some other things that you guys have come up with that have been helpful for other forms of accessibility that, that people might need at a table? So this is more towards Tabletop Simulator. We brought it up in the episode. So I don't know what it is, but I struggle with picturing, uh, with looking at 2D things, like look at 2D Zelda, for example. I can't picture the 3D that they're trying to do. So when people are drawing the 2D map, I'm like, how is this a house? So our friend Austin just built rooftops in tabletop sims. So I have a three-dimensional thing to look at because he would also build things out of, what was the material he kept using? Cardstock. No, not cardstock. Jeez, um, I can't remember. Was Again, like XPS you- foam or something? If you if you look at the <laughs> to keep if you look at the YouTube we we I actually have pictures <laughs> on it there it's it's yeah. just a like uh, thin harder white car, uh, cardboard foam mix thing um, I'm horribly describing it foam it's, core is that what it's called maybe, maybe? Oh, yeah something maybe like that something yeah. like that it's thin yeah he he he's done that before uh, before I ever met Gordy he he gets really creative and bored and uh so he he's built these very large three-dimensional maps so that you can actually have fun interacting with them um because he likes to go and i do as well like to go as a dm from the perspective of i'm i'm not going to have well how do i get out of this well here's the secret door Mm. that that's it it's well here's what the npcs are doing uh how are you getting out i don't know that's for you to figure out (laughs) throw your chaos at it until it works (laughs) yeah just don't just jump <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt just jump he 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 has like crenellation and uh, on it and like you know little well here's a long banister that you really no one's supposed to walk on but maybe you could try to to jump on or or break or something you know he was able to make that in tabletop sim and in real life and that helped me a lot to be able to picture yeah so he was essentially creating like different terrain and scatter pieces oh yeah for you all to be able to do that. Like he built like a ship and all that stuff too at one point. Yeah. That's super cool. I, so I, I subscribe to quite a few like terrain builders on YouTube. because so I'm just like, that's a hobby that I would love to be good at. I just never have the time to do it. So I, I'll sit and I'll watch like a 40 minute long video of somebody making an awesome wizard's tower. And I'm like, this is so cool. Yep. I will never have time or the skill nope. to be able to do that. It's, but it's like, really funny. Uh, sorry to interrupt. It was, oh, no, it was great for me because he leaves them all at my house, so I just get to keep them. There you go. <laughs> but I, but I think about like 
I think about for my own players, and Neil and I talked about this beforehand, like that might be something that like the group that I'm playing with now, we only played in person for like two months before everything shut down and we've all been online and we can use virtual tabletops. But when we get back together, somebody might have a problem seeing 2D things. And so if I just draw it out on a map, like that might be the entry point into saying like, this is something that we need. So now it becomes a hobby that's actually a big deal because it's going to help my players be able to enjoy the game a lot more than not being able to understand what's happening on the battle map in front of me. Like that's, I think that's great that uh, Austin was his name. Yeah. Austin. That he's doing like, that's super cool, you know, to be able to do that sort of stuff. Yeah, he he's a genius when it comes to this stuff. Our real advice is find you in Austin, obviously. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh gosh, don't don't stroke his ego anymore. <laughs> oh no, too late. A different too one, late. not that one. Yeah, that one's already taken. But the uh, but the whole conversation made me think of um, something I had heard before. It's called aphantasia, where basically you cannot picture things in your mind, and the idea that like theater of the mind, uh, and I, I hate to make light of it, but sometimes that that helps the conversation. Like that theater's closed for some people. Like simply, like it doesn't function that way and just the idea of asking new questions especially now that everything's gone online and just that different the difference in engagement um and then also having someone that could have adjusted and now they're comfortable with online switching back a year now later to being in person and how how does that change but yeah aphantasia totally um a thing And, and it's not a thing for me like i can like if you gave me a word picture I can, for the most part, put that together. But the idea that there would also, as with everything we're talking about, varying degrees of it. So you could, some people could have just rough ideas. Some people can just like vividly imagine it as if they were there in their own brain. Yeah, I think it's just because I grew up on 3D games, not 2D. So, (laughs) but that is a thing that is possible. Oh, I know several artists who have it, ironically. (laughs) So are there there any other things that um, you all have created um, or use regularly or know of that um, people use that are helpful at the table? Some of my friends, like, they started just, you, you started, like, since everyone's um, buying stuff of Amazon and other places, they've been reusing the cardboard to make, like, little houses and stuff. Mm. That way you don't have to spend $80 for a 3D printed thing. <laughs> I know that our sheets have been translated into, like, 50 different languages now. I'm exaggerating, but they've been translated into a lot. I know at least Italian, German, and I think French. I might be wrong on that one. That's, hey, I, Spanish. Awesome. I don't have anything translated into other, any other languages, so that's a pretty yeah, good accolade. It, it was all user submitted. They volunteered. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we, we, we've got a, a big Google Doc of just, I believe it's just called character D&D uh, dyslexic sheets. People just, you know, hey, do you mind if we do this thing? We've got people making and submitting different customizable versions. Well, it's like form fillable rather than printable or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, different versions of that. So there was an issue with that. Um, I uploaded them as a Photoshop document. You can open them in Clip Studio Paint and I think Paint.net. So you don't have to buy Photoshop to open the files to edit them. That was because yeah. I was using Photoshop at the time. But we've had people, tra- uh, a lot of people keep telling us to use different fonts, which is one of the reasons we did that is because there's some, uh, I guess, moderately popular font you can download or buy or something offline that a bunch oh. of people wanted us to use. Hmm? Gordy? It was, that was something that I meant to bring up is, yeah, fonts. Fonts are very important when it came to the shoots. A lot of people suggest Open Dyslexia, which That's is... That's the one. 
a good font, but for me, I think it's also because I have vision issues. That font gives me migraines, so it's why we used Comic Sans, because every letter is designed to be different. So I can easily tell the difference between E's, A's, and O's. Those are the three I struggle the hardest with. <laughs> Which is funny. I think I've made a joke about it on my YouTube. Uh, uh, B, D, uh, Q, and P. That they're all the same letter, just rotated weirdly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not wrong. You're playing around, you're playing around <laughs> in Photoshop. Yep. Yeah. The So the one I will ask you about, because again, I watched your content, so I want to know more, um, is the one where you had things on like a wooden dowel and you would turn them when they would happen. Was that like inside of a turn, inside of a day for the character? They could, um, we designed them to be customizable. Like all those things can come off and change if wanted to. But for me, it was more so I could keep track of, um, because my character had like five attacks at one point. I could turn it so I know how many attacks I have left Mm. or spells or just a physical thing for me to see. That way I don't have to keep erasing and drawing and erasing. Uh, you you got up to six attacks at one point, um, and, and I just want to comment to help anyone visualize. It's actually based very heavily off of the um, uh, turn order trees, where you oh, just yeah. have people's names that you can slide them on and then flip them. We did that, but with attack one, attack two, attack three, action surge, attack four, attack five. You know, it was definitely helpful, especially it it just gave me something to be able to see because just. I kept forgetting to erase or change things. Well, and then we can also put things like we put on action surge on the back of it. It says per rest. So you flip it over and you see per rest. So now, you know, you can't do the ones underneath it. And once you take a shorter, long rest, you can flip it back. Yep. It was just so I can keep everything in order. And, and it was because those things come right off as you level up. We can just, okay, well now we add the fourth attack. And then I get a bigger dowel. (laughs) 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 I think we had to do that at one point. Yeah. Well, when you have six attacks and axe and surges and spells, I mean, yeah, that's just a lot in general. You need all the dowels. Yeah. I've purchased this curtain rug. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm playing a wizard now. Oh, Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm sure there's better ways to like make that. So it's not as big, but it just worked for me at the time. We just literally just, put it together in like five minutes well and then i i, I like to uh, i like to think i have some decent carpentry skills because later i went back and actually made a much more what i think was a much more aesthetically pleasing one with a smaller <laughs> wooden dowel to, st- to stop it and the, the, them from turning and all that so the one thing that we like to do which i th- which i think does work really well here is do, do we have any homework for people to go do and of course we always make that joke because it's oftentimes it's fun things to go read to go watch to go experience in some way um so do we have any homework related to the topic at hand as as the person where this is affecting the most don't fall to stereotypes is my biggest thing do your research but don't think everybody with dyslexia can't read or something that someone said to me is like oh you don't look dyslexic and I'm like how do I look do your research and sometimes you can tell something's wrong but don't make assumptions and try to be open-minded because being open-minded is what helped me talk to Keith and get all this made Mm. Watch my channel, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Nope, that works. No, that was going to be one of my homework ones. So 
There yeah, we go. go to the Reddit, um, the YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, such Twitch, XL123. <laughs> but yeah, I would echo that that is probably one of the most important things is to understand that you don't know because you don't know what the, the severity is. These are all unseen issues and you don't know if they're there, if they've been yeah. diagnosed, if they haven't, how long the person has even been aware of it, what help they've gotten prior to now. Just the, And so like I, thankfully for me, I worked in IT for a really long time. So I've always approached an issue that someone has as having no idea why they have it. And you have to, um, the idea that like, they don't know what that, what happened to that computer. A person doesn't necessarily know how thing that they're interacting with the world until you start asking those questions and trying to find better answers. There's a, there's a dragon mag edition, which I think is the one where, uh, Alex, the character sheets were mentioned in, I think it was issue 31, it has a whole bunch of different ideas uh, to go and read. There's uh, ideas of Braille dice in there, character sheets. It's just it's a really good um, article that has, it, and they they have a link to a Twitch channel in there that you can go and watch um, called Heroes Without Limits that has a bunch of access, accessibility um, integrated into into that Twitch show. So Dragon Mag episode or issue 31, go and read it. Um, there's a bunch of stuff in there that I'm gonna have to look at that. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did a brief reading of it, so I I don't know exactly what all it entails, but I'm just throwing all the links in. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> well, and that is our our final and most important thing. Hit us with all of those links. Where can people go to see the things that you're doing? And of course, we're gonna have a lot of links in the show notes. I pointed down. You can't see me. I'm getting used to. <laughs> you, Do you too? down there? Yeah, it's over, or it's up there. Yeah, I. That's what it is. <laughs> I watch too much YouTube, but I don't do YouTube. <laughs> Well As Chris is just waving his hand around yeah. senselessly. Yeah. <laughs> click it, click and subscribe. It's like right here, yeah. but then the link somehow ends up over here. I don't understand why don't that forget, happens. Don't sometimes. forget to hit the bell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that happens because they're sometimes they're mirrored. Oh, so they put it up on what should be their side and then they're mirrored. <laughs> yeah. So where can people go to find all the things that you do? Yeah, I've already linked to YouTube for you guys. Um, again, I keep meaning to get back to doing YouTube. Um, I work uh, on average about 57 hours every week, so it's it's gotten a little bit difficult. <laughs> and I primarily do Twitch, so YouTube is not my priority, but we do have videos up talking everything we've done. There is a Reddit with all sorts of questions and answers, and we we try to update it as much as we can when we get things like new languages. It was archived. <laughs> Well, perfect. Well, again, we just want to thank both of you for coming on, like I said, for, deeply and genuinely for coming on and spending some time with us, making me better and hopefully making our listeners better and um, at being DMs. Oh, thank you for wanting to listen to us. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a pleasure. pleasure. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, how are we going, guys? If you liked what you heard and you want to tell us how you're helping increase accessibility at your own table, go ahead and email us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. And of course, if you see fit and you want to help us out, head on over to Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice and leave a review. To keep track of us and all the things that we're doing, you can always follow us on Twitter. That's at DMS underscore block. That's at DMs block. Or you can like us and follow us on Facebook. As always, the Dungeon Masters Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network, where you can check out other shows like Geek Wars, Detentions and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, and more. Thanks for listening to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. 
I'm DM Neil. Good night and good luck. And keep on Dungeon Mastering. Goodbye.